contrary to popular information circulating on social media, Jaden K. Smith is not the newest member of the AFB podcast team. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 281, for the week of 12th of July 2017. I'm Ben. And I'm Scott. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our toys of the week are the Max Factory Figma Berserk Casca action figure and the DC Collectible Superman Animated Superman and Lois Lane 2-Pack. Well, greetings, Mr. Snotty, uh, I mean, uh, Scotty. Uh, how, how are you? I'm sick. <laughs> oh, that sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. I, I applaud your commitment to the podcasting community. Oh, yeah, sure. Only because I'm not you know, con- <laughs> contagious through the airwaves. Um, <laughs> God, I hope not. That, that's not a thing yet, is it? No, I don't think so, no. I, although, yeah, no, I th- our office, um, everyone got sick uh about three or four weeks ago even though we're never all physically together in one place <laughs> and so i was like that's it the internet is contagious it's all bad um yeah, yeah no just flew and 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 i'm having a holiday like i'm actually having my first like proper week off all year um of and so of course you know the body goes oh my gosh i can't function anymore now that i've actually stopped and you catch that's, all the things that's a real thing though isn't it i've heard Absolutely. this many times that you 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 psychologically you know you can stop and relax and your body's been running in overdrive so it yeah. slows down and then suddenly you're susceptible to everything yeah totally i it's mm. definitely a like an adrenaline thing i think where you you know okay i just need to push to this point i need to push to this point and then when you get to that point the body goes okay phew but <laughs> yes <clears throat> yes it's that thing yeah it's, it's like every time you have a major holiday particularly sort of like you know international or going across the country or something and you you're really nervous that you're just about to step on that plane and then you're know, going to be sick the entire time you're away oh, yeah. So. yeah absolutely um mm. we we actually had a quite a fun little um evening cuz i was out and uh, when I came back, my youngest has got a friend here for the evening, and they were out walking, and they found two uh, two of our neighbors' dogs who are little escape artists. Oh, yes. Out, and the neighbors went home, so we were entertaining them in our backyard <laughs> until they got home, and they're adorable. Not as adorable as my dogs, I'm contractually obliged to say. Yeah, um, of course. But <clears throat> they were super cute, and we were pretty sure it was their dogs. I took a photo, and I... Sent, and I was like, are these your dogs? Because if they are, they're having a little holiday in our backyard. And um, they came over a bit later and were very appreciative. And we were like, that's no worries. They're so friendly. <laughs> like, you know, a, a good, a happy, well-treated dog is such a trusting, loving animal. I've never really met them properly before. But they were just like, hello, are you our new people? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, escape artists. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we're <laughs> in the... Yeah, good, good. We're in the throes of school holidays at the moment, so we mm. went down the coast. Uh, I live about um, oh, two and a bit hours from the nearest coastline, 
So I took the uh, Mrs. Shake and the tadpoles away for a few days down the coast. And uh, Scotty, you'll remember going down the, the Clyde Mountain, which uh, re- requires uh, drivers to navigate this uh, incredibly hairpin road that descends quite rapidly in order to um, to get there over a mountain range. And um, you know, we'd had a particularly good morning on the way back and everyone was happily chatting away and we're coming up the mountain, which from what I understand is worse than going down. And we're all chatting, 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 chatting and the three kids in, in the back. And I just happened to look in the rear vision mirror as my daughter threw up everywhere. Oh, awesome. Um, and yeah, it wasn't really that <clears throat> unlike the exorcist um uh, she got sensational coverage sensational wow. coverage and so of course it's it's all twisty and windy so i had to drive about another half a kilometer before i could safely pull over she's in tears sisters are screaming and then you know we went through t- two packets of uh, of wet wipes and <laughs> sorted everything else so yeah, that was a, a fun way to end the holiday and uh, <clears throat> we also stayed somewhere that had no phone coverage no internet um, so I haven't actually been cut off like that in a long time. So suddenly going four days without, um, being able to check, you know, people selling stuff on Facebook and yeah. the like was, um, it was a bit of an eye opener actually. So, <laughs> to how so yes. you are. well, yes, I, I think I miss my wireless internet more than my dog. So, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. no, not true. Not true. I, not I true. love my, yeah. I love my little girl. We, so. we had a famous incident with uh, a dog eating something that she shouldn't have eaten, um, possibly of the cat poo variety, Ew. Um, before <laughs> a, a long trip to the coast that ended similarly. Oh. Um, yeah, and it happened right the, the expunging of said forbidden content happened <laughs> when we were kind of stuck in this roadwork where there was no one to pull over, no, nowhere oh, to pull over. Oh, right. Right. And uh, yeah, it was rather traumatic. And when we finally got her out, you know, and and cleaned everything out, we had her tied up to a post while we were doing it. And then we both just looked at each other and we were like, "Are you thinking about leaving her here?" Because I'm never <laughs> thinking about leaving her. So we didn't leave her there, and she went on to be an awesome animal. But yeah, it's a it's a great story now. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, my car's only two years old, so uh, I've never had to make use of one of those air freshener things. And so I bought one that goes on the air vent. And so nice. the air comes through the vent, you know, circulates the smell. Uh, never used one before. So, you know, I was standing in a supermarket looking at the options and went, uh, and just picked one. And uh, I came home and Mrs. Shake said, you know, how's your car? Because I was complaining about the smell in it, despite using a steam cleaner and everything else. I just couldn't get rid of the smell. And I said, well, you know, it's kind of working instead of smelling like vomit. It now just smells like someone threw up in a rainforest. So, Oh, wonderful. <laughs> That's much better, isn't it? Yes, yes. But anyway, <laughs> I have my health. My family has their health, so it's all good. All That's good. wonderful. Yes. All right. Well, we've got some interesting stuff, don't we? We sure do, and we should talk about it. We probably should. All right. Let's come back after this break. Dragon Ball Z. The saga continues. Cosmic evil is on the rise. You and your friends are Earth's only hope. Will Goku and Trunks Super Saiyan power be enough this time? Gohan's in danger. Until Team Dragon Ball Z joins the fight. But wait, it's Evil Freeza. The Earth is still in trouble. Your friends are in for the fight of their life. But you won't let them down. The fate of the world depends on it. Each sold separately. 
Well, Ben has got our first review this evening, and this is uh, not necessarily his normal fare, so I'm very interested to hear about it and also why it was appealing to him. So over to you, Ben. Have fun. Well, thank you, sir. I think I can answer pretty much all of those questions. Uh, I am having a look at the uh, figure Casca. Now, Casca, Casca, Casca is from the anime series Berserk and is brought to us by the Good Smile Company Max Factory Figma line. So my understanding is Max Factory uh, is the company who make action figures. Figma is one of their sublines of, of sort of hyper-articulated action figures and Good Smile Company are sort of the, uh, the larger distributor of Max Factory products. So there you go, Good Smile Company, Max Factory, Figma. So okay. Cus- yes, exactly. <laughs> So Kaska is the female protagonist of Berserk, which is a, a Japanese anime series. Um, she's not the main character, but she's probably the main female character. Now, Berserk has to be one of the most miserable anime series I've ever seen. It is almost devoid of uh, happiness. Everybody is miserable and, and sad. And uh, there's times where I wonder why I watch it, and then they have one of these big-ass battles where guys in really cool armor wielding enormous weapons go up against each other and then there's blood flying and then I remember how much I enjoy it. So okay. it's it's one of the, it's one of those conflicting shows where when nobody's fighting and all they're doing is, you know, arguing with each other and being really sad and, and reflecting on their, their their terrible childhoods and whatnot. It's a bit of a, a drag and then suddenly everyone starts fighting. So so it's kind of set in one of those kind of fantasy uh, things where, you know, guns exist to a certain extent, but it's usually all armor and swords and maces and you know, that sort of thing. So Kuska is uh, a member of the band of the Hawk who are kind of like a mercenary company. And, um, you know, Berserk's been around for a while now. It's had a bit of a, a reinvention with some uh, with a new series and whatnot. Now, this particular figure actually came out way back in 2014, April 2014, and I only picked it up uh, about a month ago. And the reason for that uh, is, uh, you know, really enjoying the anime series, you know, as I said, uh, misery aside, um, I decided to have a bit of a look around and uh, see if I could find any action figures. And it turns out that Figma are really the only ones who have made figures. However, um, the male protagonist or the lead character, whose name is Guts, yes, his name is Guts, uh-huh. Um he goes for an extraordinary amount of money for a six-inch action figure, um, you know, pretty much more than any Marvel Legends figure. And I went, oh, well, that's a shame, and now I'm never, ever going to get these figures because I'm not paying that much. Uh, However, Figma recently announced that they are doing a re-release of Guts with some updated paint apps and things like that, and I think both Figure Arts and Figma are quite good at doing this sort of thing. They realise that there is actually a demand and, and they somehow find ways to get these figures back out to fans so, um, with uh, in renewed enthusiasm, knowing that um, the new Guts figure is on the way, I started looking up the the rest of the line. And Cusca is actually one of the cheaper figures. Uh, she was only about thirty five US dollars when she came out, but you have absolutely no hope of finding her for that price now. Um, they are sort of quite expensive. She she ended up costing me about ninety Australian. So oh gosh, what's that? Somewhere in the vicinity of about sort of sixty sixty five. Um, US and I only picked her up because I actually sold a couple of things on a Facebook group and and used that to supplement it. So picked her up and uh, yeah, I'm actually glad I did. So she's a six inch scale action figure 
and she's a, a, a wee wisp of a girl, so her action figure is really tiny. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, I was quite surprised at just how little she is. She's about 15 centimetres tall, which is about 5.85 inches or something, uh, and she scales almost exactly the same height as the, the small female buck from Marvel Legends. So um, I put her up against my spider Gwen, and she's about the same height, but she's really, really quite slim in things like the legs as well. So she's a, a really tiny piece of plastic. Uh, for what you're paying so packaging wise um typical figma box it's one of those window box packages where for some bizarre reason they have a a huge kind of uh black bar across the bottom covering a third of the window or what would be a window uh with really not a lot of gain there's kind of a a a really large number 210 and uh, i don't know is that the 210th figma they've released I, i really you know i have no idea um, they mention her name in tiny writing. You know, we get the Figma logo and that sort of thing. And it really doesn't kind of contribute much. It, it takes up an awful lot of space for not a lot of return. Um, I think, too, if you're a, a user interface designer, software designer, um, this packaging would be um, giving you conniptions because it's all kind of earthy colors, browns and oranges and, and all the no-no colors um, that you, you know, you're not supposed to use. Um, where the packaging actually excels is the back. Um, unlike, uh, sort of much like figure arts, there's a lot of really cool photos on the back that show you some awesome poses that you can get out of this figure. Um, some really, really good inventive shots, about sort of half a dozen. They show Casca sort of in scale with guts so you can get a bit of a feel. So how big she is, how big he is, etc. But much like figure arts, there's an awful lot of Japanese text and very, very, very little uh, English text. And I mean, I guess to be fair, Star Wars Black aren't exactly covered with Japanese um, writing. So mm. a bit, I, I guess it's just a bit disappointing because, you know, for all I know, with the, the, the immense amounts of Japanese text, I could be missing out on the sculptor and, and all that sort of thing, but I just can't tell. So anyway, um, you get the packaging open, usual sort of thing. You open the flap uh, top of the bottom, pull out the tray. It's one of those older style trays that has uh, all the components in the various little holes, and then you've got that sort of over or that slip cover type thing that goes over the top and you press down hard. Um, not my favourite kind because that that bottom tray is actually quite flexible and so it can be a little bit, you know, a little bit of a hassle really. Um, but it is actually user-friendly. Everything goes in really well and it all seals up quite nicely. So um, this is the way I like my action figures now. I, I like being able to sort of take all this stuff out, put it all back and then make it look as if it uh, just came off the shelf. All right. Well, moving on to the sculpt. Um Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. This is just such a, uh, you know, aesthetically pleasing figure. Uh, so Casca is dressed in the, the, I guess, the uniform she wears in the movie. And uh, so she's got her uh, plate mail over the top of um, some basic sort of clothing. She's got her thigh-high leather boots, her leather gloves, etc. And uh, the, the detail in this is just beautiful i mean we're talking about a really really small figure here so everything on her is small all the little buckles on her armor and the leather straps sort of holding everything on are just absolutely tiny but everything is done so so well uh everything from sort of the hair i mean she's got the typical anime hair but it's really really nicely done face is very expressive the way they've done uh, there's some you know a lot of detail in the ears and things like that but for me, it's the armor that is really, really nice to look at. The overlapping plates, 
look really, really good. There's some really good drapery in the way they've done the boots and her, um, I guess, her, her skirts, or I guess well, it's more of like a shirt that hangs out from under that armour. It's just a really nice figure, and, and every little bit has detail. She's actually got some spurs coming off the back of her boots, and you can see tiny, tiny little rivets in them, and they all just look really, really nice, even the scabbard for her sword, uh, you know, has some really nice designs on it. So I, I really can't fault uh, the sculpt on this. It's it's a, a really good representation of the character. I'm really quite pleased at how well it came out. Now, in terms of paint, um, again, all those kind of earthy colours, much like the box, um, she's got her uh, sort of her brown leather boots and, and um, gloves. She's got that kind of uh, tanny orange undershirt. Um, what I really like about this is there's a, a really subtle wash over all of the leather components to really sort of bring out that rough, leathery appearance. Uh, and I think they could have easily overdone it with the dry brushing, but they've done it really, really well. And, and so it's um, it's just nicely detailed. Um, the armour actually doesn't have any wash, uh, which is a bit of a shame. You, you kind of get the feel uh, looking at this figure like she's just put all this on brand new and stepped out the door. Um, you know, this doesn't look battle-worn. She doesn't look like, um, you know, someone who's, who's you know, lived a, a hard life, which, eh, I mean, look, you know, this, this could have been her when she put it on for the very first time, but uh, I would have liked a, a little bit more wear and tear particularly on that armour. I mean, it's finished in a really beautiful metallic silver. It looks really nice. There's a couple of little black washes here and there, but they certainly haven't gone overboard or anything like that. Uh, flesh is all cast in one colour, so there's no highlights on that at all. But oddly enough, it doesn't actually detract. Uh, and the same goes with the hair. There's um, It's cast in that single colour with no highlights. But given that this is a, a representation of an anime uh, figure, it, it all kind of works um yeah, it's sort of kind of hard to explain i mean because the leather uh, even the straps on her armor has that wash over it uh you know giving that sort of worn look but then it, it contrasts really well with that sort of shiny silver uh of her armor so um you know i think color choice that you know they've done a really good job and in terms of the apps this is where i was really impressed because those buckles that i mentioned before she's got those tiny little you know, traditional belt buckles on a lot of the, the straps that hold the armor on and things like that. And in in sort of, uh, I guess, cheaper lines of figures, this is where uh, you can definitely see the quality of the paint apps drop. But here, they've actually done the, the tiny little metal buckles in one color and then obviously painted the, the leather straps. But they've done it so carefully that they haven't got any of the brown on the metal. So it really is beautifully done. I, I was really quite surprised at just the lack of slop where they could have easily, um, you know, cut a couple of corners. So really quite impressed. The There's gold studs on her gloves, and I, I think they could have easily sort of splodged that gold onto the brown of the glove, and, and every stud is actually really well applied. So I, I'm really quite impressed with uh, with the paint apps on, on this figure. But I guess, you know, it is a higher price point. You do have higher expectations, and for me, they've actually been met. All right, moving on to articulation. Um, yeah, look, this is an interesting one. She has all the usuals that you would expect. She's got pin and disc in uh, in the wrists, so um, getting a good range of movement there. She only has single-jointed elbows and knees, but the way the figure is constructed, the knees in particular 
uh, allow a, a huge range of motion. You can bring her calf right up almost touching uh, her hamstring. So, you know, that's really quite impressive for a, a single um, a single sort of hinge in in that knee, which is really quite good. Um, what's quite interesting is she actually has multiple pieces of articulation in her torso. So she's got the usual kind of waist joint that allows for sort of left and right rotation as well as slightly backwards and forwards. But the way the armor plates work just under her chest, there's actually a couple of levels of armor plates and each one is actually a separate piece that sits inside the one um, below and that actually allows for a really good range of movement in terms of um, sort of moving her torso forward without actually having to move anything at the waist so that, that's really actually quite clever and I'm quite impressed because I you know that wasn't immediately obvious. Um, I think probably where the figure is let down the most is in those elbow joints is where we get a horizontal rotation and as I've mentioned before I'm actually a really big fan of the bicep swivel, which is missing in this figure. Um, I think they could have easily um, – sorry, actually the opposite. I think it would have been quite difficult because of the way the armor plates come down over her upper arms, and so they've gone with this horizontal twist in the elbow, which is a bit disappointing because, as I said, when you start to swing, rotate that arm out, the bicep stays where it is, and it looks quite odd. But anyway, um, it's a small sort of price to pay. There's some good range of movement in um, the joints in the neck, so she can actually put her chin right down um, on her chest, uh, etc. Best of all, we get ankle rockers, my favourite, so we can get a nice and sturdy pose. She actually stands quite well despite those spindly little legs. I think when I did a count, it was somewhere in the vicinity of 30 points of articulation, so you know, you're know, you generally talking Marvel Legends-style articulation there. Um. In terms of the posability, I've actually managed to get some really good poses out of this figure, uh, and I'm quite impressed, and I'll talk about some of the reasons why uh, a little bit further in accessories. Um, in terms of accessories, we get an absolute crapload of stuff, so she actually does quite well in this department. So she does actually have a sword, and uh, it's uh, pretty much the sword she has in the movie, so you know, good job in keeping that accurate. Uh, my biggest disappointment was when I went to move her scabbard and it broke. Um, oh, no. Yes. So she's got two straps, one in front of her, one behind her that join the, to the scabbard so it hangs at her waist. Well, one of those is obviously glued in um, and it actually just popped out. So I'm going to have to glue that back in. So now I'm a bit nervous about touching the scabbard at all. Um, the sword does go into the scabbard quite well, so that's actually uh, a win. Um, so, yeah, a bit disappointing breaking that straight out of the packaging. I don't think that should happen with any figure. Um, other accessories include a removable cape, which I think is pretty cool. So you pop her head off and then the cape has a hole in it that you put over her neck and then you just pop the head back on. So a removable cape is pretty cool. She also has, uh, and now this is quite interesting, uh, she has a swap-out portrait, so I'll start with that. Uh, she has the relaxed portrait and the angry portrait, and if you've ever watched Berserk, you know that you won't actually use the sedate portrait much at all because Cusker is always angry. Um, so that's the portrait I've gone with. Now, what's quite interesting about the Figma figure is instead of having hair that actually removes and then swapping heads or something like that, um, she actually has a seam that runs from the top of her ear over the top of her head to her other ear, and the front of her hair comes off, not the back, 
when you pull the front of her hair off, it allows you to actually then remove the face, swap the face over, and then push the hair back on. Uh, it's quite interesting. I don't actually have any figures that do this, um, so it was you know quite a, a novel sort of approach. She also comes with a helmet that has hair built into it, and so you can actually choose to take a face and slip that inside the helmet and, and replace it. So it's it's kind of like a, a swap-out head, but you need to choose one of the faces to put in it. So in theory, the spare portrait that you have, you can actually slip into the helmet and keep that sort of stored in there as well. Um, it's, it's an interesting technique. It's not my favourite because that seam over the top of the head is a little obvious. They've done a pretty good job of disguising it uh, as part of the hair and the strands kind of surround it quite well. But I think actually just removable hair in its entirety would have been uh, a lot easier and, and more aesthetically pleasing. Um, she also comes with multiple hands. Now, this was an interesting one because the sword, the cape, the, the swap-out portrait is all laid out beautifully uh, in the packaging. You can see it really well when you look through that window box. I actually got quite a surprise when I slid the tray out and there's a, a little hidden uh, bit down the bottom where the Figma stand, which is included with all Figma figures, was kept there was actually a little extra package and when i looked there was an additional eight hands so that was uh, quite a surprise so she comes with 10 hands altogether, and you've pretty much got everything you could ever want i think if you ever need more than 10 hands you need to sort of you know question your goals um so she has uh fists uh, as you would expect, she has what you would call a, almost like a, a relaxed palm, sort of like a karate chop, but a, a bit more relaxed than a karate chop. She has gesturing hands that are very similar to, uh, I guess, the spell casting hands that we've seen on a lot of the females in Marvel Legends. Um, and so the good thing is you actually get left and right, so you can actually choose, um, you know, which side you you, you know you want to have these hands on. And then what's really cool is you get two sets of sword-holding hands. Now, you're probably thinking, why do I get two? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, traditionally, you would get a, a hand that holds the sword so that you can effectively uh, in enact a chopping motion so that when the you know the sword is in the hand it's it's almost perpendicular to the forearm uh, and you can do that that chopping effect uh, which you can so you get uh, a left and right hand for that but the last set of hands are the same sword holding hands but they're actually bent at um, a considerably further angle and it's it's what you would call probably i guess a thrusting hand it actually allows her to hold the sword so it's much more parallel to her arm so you can get a chopping effect or you can get that kind of um fencing lunge sort of thing going which is actually really really cool and, and a bit more in line with the way you know her style is so i was quite impressed because I, I haven't actually seen too many figures that, that do that so that was a really, really nice surprise, and I wasn't aware of that before I bought the figure. Um, what's even cooler is instead of having these hands kind of everywhere in the tray, it actually comes with a little, oh, I don't know what you would call it. It's uh, it's almost like a hand holder. It's a small piece of plastic with lots of holes in it that actually allow you to plug all those spare hands into it, um, and you can kind of pick it up and wave it around, and, and the hands don't fall out. So that's actually really quite neat, and, and I don't know why every company that makes figures with swap ad hands doesn't do something similar. Uh, I think it's really annoying how hot toys have a compartment for, for every hand when you could just do something as simple as this. So that's uh, really groovy. Uh, I really I find that quite ingenious and um, yeah, it kind of uh, added a, another level for me. 
So that's Casca wrapped up. Any questions before I go to a dolly rating? I, I hear what you're saying in terms of the seam for the, the hair. I think that that is a hard thing to do. And obviously just doing lots of swap out heads is a expense that you don't want. But I've seen that on a few figures where you feel like, you know, this could have been done better. And it does, once you know it's there, it kind of detracts. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm sort of, oh, part of me was sitting there going, am I being too harsh? Because this was a figure that was released three years ago. And since then, you know, we've come up with better styles. You know, I reviewed the, the figure arts, um, Ryu from Street Fighter. And, and of course he has the hair cap that you can, you know, effectively replace and it works much better. So, look, all up, um, the, the hair seam is the thing that probably annoys me the most. I was disappointed that the scabbard broke as soon as I took it out of the packaging. But sort of having her in front of me uh, and, and just how beautifully sculpted it is and, and how well uh, executed the figure is, um, you know, it's, it's kind of easy to forgive those things. But, um, look, I still have to take some points off because that's made it a bit less than perfect. So I'm probably going to give her eight and a half out of ten dollies. Fair enough. Well, I'm not familiar with the property, but I, I, I like the the look of the figure and I can uh, see why you enjoyed it. So yeah. you answered my question. So thank you very much. Excellent. Wonderful. And we will take a short bra break. Uh, a brack? We'll take a brack <laughs> and a break, one of each, and we'll come back with another review shortly. To stop the evil doomsday, you need a hero who's more than a man. Superman. He's been called the greatest, the strongest, the first among heroes. High-voltage villain Conduit is powered by Kryptonite, but with Krypton Cannon blasting, Laser Superman powers him down. Conduit will learn, don't mess with the S. Superman. It's the dreaded Doomsday, the most fearsome force in the universe. Even Doomsday will learn, you don't mess with the S. Superman. Well, I hope you're still with us, and if you are, we have a treat for you. Mr. Scotty often brings up the rear with something pretty special, and, uh, yeah, he's got something I'm pretty interested in hearing about. So take it away, Mr. Scotty. Thanks, Ben. I have really been enjoying collecting the Batman animated line from DC Collectibles. Uh, this is a six-inch scale uh, line of the um, Bruce Tim era characters, really. And we've known for a little while that they were going to start branching out into uh, other properties. Hopefully, for me, this is all leading to Justice League Unlimited. Fingers crossed. Please, please, please. Um, although I'll be broke, but oh well. Um, <laughs> the uh, And what I've got here tonight is a two-pack, uh, which is the first in the Superman the Animated Series line and this is of course superman and lois lane so this i think is about to come out uh to your uh local comic shop or a specialty retailer and it is out in our um uh zing chain here in australia who sometimes seems to get their dc collectible stuff early although sometimes late who knows i don't understand how this stuff works um, but i saw it and now i have it there you go. Um, the uh, This was uh, a bit of a surprise to see out, like I said, just because I didn't think this was actually coming until um, August, uh, and I'm not sure whether it got mm. pushed forward or uh, what, but I'll, I'll take it. I'm happy. <laughs> the One of the things that I have complained a bit about with some of the Batman animated stuff is the collector friendliness of the packaging. Um, the single patch figures are on a blister card that once you open it, it's open and can't be put back together. And I just kind of feel that for the price point and also 
the collector worthiness of the figures that that's a bit of a shame um the this two pack is a much more collector friendly box and the batman animated box sets have all been pretty collector friendly in that you know you can uh, open them up take them out but then put it all back together if you wish so this is a window box um with the superman the animated series logo on it and then some fun artwork on the back and when you open it up carefully you get a uh, a tray with the two figures in it and then a tray with accessories in it um and it is a special kind of uh attachment hell uh to go through <laughs> because we have both twist ties and the little plastic oh, things that have okay. to be cut yeah so you know, not just one or the other, but one of each for each figure. Nice. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I understand that these go through a lot of shipping and transporting before they get to the shelves, and so they do need to be kept secure, but holy dooly. Um, so, uh, but I did manage to get both of these released without breaking anything, because that's always my phobia, of course, is that because they can be hard to get out of the packet, um, then you mm-hmm. get breakages, as you were talking about in your review, which is always disappointing. Um, <clears throat> although, to be fair, my biggest issue with breakages was, for a while, with the Marvel Universe three and three quarter um, uh, run, where they were not using twist ties, they were in that kind of plastic-formed plastic and i kept popping legs off and that sort of thing and yeah um, yeah so there you go um so in terms of first of all just the the styling of these um and and sculpt um the bruce team uh i guess you know physique is that particularly for the males is um the really big barrel chest um with the kind of you know very thin waist and thin legs um superman obviously gets a bit of a bigger barrel chest and a bit of a wider waist, but he still has that physique. And then the ladies have the the thin waist and the very, very thin legs. And when we go back to the Mattel uh, three and three quarter lines for all of the Bruce Tim stuff, which was quite prolific and, you know, a really great effort at touching on all of the different characters um, in that series. But one of the big problems with them as a collector of that line was that they were very hard to pose and stand up because they were very top heavy. Um, a lot of the female characters were just impossible to stand up on their own and needed bases, etc. And it was a bit of a, um, a frustration. And when we first saw that this was coming, that was one of the first things that we you know, talked about was how are they going to manage uh, that because of those sort of issues of how top heavy the figures are. And the thing that they've really managed to do just very consistently across the line is to come up with some sculpting and articulation that gives you exactly the same visual, but gives you a much more stable figure. And obviously a lot of that comes down to cost and you know the fact that these are more expensive and so they can put more into them. Um, but just to touch on um, Superman first, um, so the these figures don't have any chest articulation. Um, that Superman does get a rotating waist, um, he's got just the basic uh, neck articulation, um, not a lot of up and down movement because his neck is quite thick and his head is small by comparison, but um, you know he could do the full exorcist uh, if you wish, you know, full rotation. Um, <clears throat> the uh, shoulder 
joints are um, again r- really nicely done. Um, they're not. There's not a lot of busy lines, um, kind of taking away from the visual of the um, the character. But you can actually get quite a decent amount of um, movement in both arms. Um, his shoulders are really big, and so it does limit it a little bit just in terms of how far you can get it around. Um, but it's there's a lot of movement there. Uh, but to me, the the most clever thing that uh, has been done with this line is the way that they've managed to, um, and and I think this is they've engineered a new kind of hip articulation to make the Bruce Tim stuff work, where the cutouts are um, they are quite visible, and that you know you may or may not like that um, in that he's got the kind of T crotch, um, but then his um, there's a piece in between the T crotch and the legs um, that has got hinges. Um, on the side that allows him to basically, you know, almost do the splits. Um, and uh, but what it does then allow is for him to get that the kind of leg spread spreadage that he needs to be able to stand up properly and also mm. get a fair, you know, range of of movement. Um, he's got uh, just ball joint ankles, and you do need to play with them a little bit to kind of get the the right level of balance for him to be able to stand up properly. Um, but once there, it actually works really well. Um, the cape is a glued-on separate piece um, that's you know nice vinyl, good range of movement, and his S insignia is a sculpted-on piece that is raised. Um, and you know one of the things that uh, I love about this, obviously, um, in comparison to the three and three quarter pieces, is the articulated ankles, meaning that, uh, particularly for Superman, that flying poses, etc., actually make a bit more sense. Um, and uh, it's really nicely done. My one small criticism of this is that, uh, like, his, when you go back to the Bruce Tim. Um, faces i was going to say head sculpts but of course it was animated um you know his and superman's look changed a bit from um between superman the animated series and justice league and then justice league uh, unlimited um he got a little bit more of an expressive face um, but his eyes are quite small and it does uh mean that his face isn't very accessible um his eyes are very tiny on this um and so his expression his expression is neutral and uh it's kind of something where i think that maybe another a swap out head with a bit like an angry face or something might have just added a bit to this because the kind of end effect of however you're posing him is that he looks like oh yeah (laughs) Um, you know so that's just a a small limitation um there but that's really my only complaint about the sculpt um lois again they've done a great job of um working out how to uh stay really true to the way that these characters were drawn but but actually get both articulation and posability happening um she's got little purple high heels and I looked at that and thought, Oh my gosh, I'm never going to mm-hmm. get this, this, this um, figure to stand up on its own. And um, it isn't super duper easy, but once you kind of find your groove, cause she has no ankle articulation. Uh-huh. Um, so, but once you find your, uh, it's really all about the um, kind of waist 
uh, balance in terms of you know not leaning too far forward, not leaning too far mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Once you find it, then she actually can stand up, you know, quite uh, easily. Um, she's got her her head sculpt is fantastic. It's that real. Um, uh, just everything you think of with Lois' hair. And interestingly, when she um, was in the package, she had a plastic sheath around her hair, I guess, to kind of protect it from paint rubbed from her jacket. So that was a nice little um, touch. Uh, she's sculpted with a business um, jacket and skirt. Um, the skirt does uh, reduce a little bit of leg movement. It does have some give, but if you're aiming for the, you know, typical um, Superman holding Lois in his arms pose, which everyone seems to want to do, it does actually restrict the movement a little bit to achieve something um, yeah. that looks okay there. And uh, that, not that that's how I want to pose mine, mm-hmm. but of course I, I felt like I had to have a go because that's what everyone <laughs> would want to know. Um, the, uh, the the plastic that they've used for both the jacket and the skirt has got a little bit of given it the, the lower part of the jacket. And so you can't really see the uh, articulation there. She doesn't have waist rotation, but she does. Uh, it's really hard to tell actually whether it's just legs, whether it's just a T crotch and then the special hinges or whether there's another um, bit of movement there as well. Um, yeah, maybe it is just the T crotch now that I think of it, but, um, she does actually, not that I can get her to stand up right at the moment, but she can <laughs> actually, yeah, no, there you go. Very good. Okay. So accessory wise, um, these, uh, are in the same vein as the Batman animated pieces. And so they all come with a, um, a character specific stand with turnarounds on it. Um, little sketches of the, the characters from the animation and uh, and while these are labeled I and we have a in principle objection to uh, being told the names of the characters that we've just spent money on so obviously know who they are um, uh, we make an exception here because these are actually quite okay um, especially because you don't need them um, you, you don't have to use the bases they come with little um, stands you know posing stands which um, for Superman, and I, I must confess, I have not actually taken all of this out and um, had a go because I don't plan to display it like that. So I just wanted to leave it in the tray. Um, but the one thing that um, I have found kind of weird about the figure stands for your normal characters is that they're quite tall. Um, so this kind of take up a lot of room. But I'm hoping that that means that for Superman that we can actually achieve some sort of flight stuff um, there. And then uh, we get uh, hands, and each of these characters come with um, eight hands. Um, So there are 16 hands in total in this. It's a hand-orama. And, yeah, I know. It's hard to kind of tell. So Superman is packaged with fists, and then he comes with just kind of, you know, oddly, not not really straight-out flying hands, but I guess oh no, there's a, a pair I'm going to call flying hands where the arm, the fingers are more kind of stretched out. He comes with accessory holding hands for his non-existent accessories, and then <laughs> kind of grasping hands that probably are the holding Lois hands. I honestly can't tell you. Um, and then Lois's hands are so teeny tiny 
Um, don't breathe in suddenly around them because you might just ingest them. Oh, um, wow. yeah. And, yeah, and so she's got outstretched hands is what she's packaged with, and then she comes with fists, um, accessory holding hands for the thing she doesn't have, and then kind of looks like another pair of outstretched hands. I don't understand. Um, not being a I-need-ten-hands-for-every-figure person, um, but I did have a go at some swapping around, and they're quite easy uh, to swap, so we will allow that. Um, but I, you know, I'd rather uh, in this line overall see a bit. I would have rather seen a bit less of that and swap out heads, um, mm. because Lois does have the same kind of issue that I have with Superman, which is that her expression is really neutral, um, and it's just. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't give you as many options as you might think in terms of how you want to pose and display them because um, the, the the faces are so neutral, so kind of dead. Um, and that's, you know, my that, one comment. That expression on Lois, it, it's kind of that, oh, oh, I was going to go out with the guys. I didn't realize you wanted me to stay home and watch American Idol with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of that glare that says, it does, you know. It is a bit of a glare, yeah. <laughs> It is a bit of a glare for sure. But it yeah. is quite reflective of the character of the show. She, oh, for she sure. always had that sort of sarcastic tone. And, yeah, 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 no, no it's, it, it works really well. And um, the, these are so fun. And I think that, uh, you know, it's a shame, I think, that DC Collectibles seems to be able to do really great stuff with other, like, you know, it's kind of spin off properties, it's yeah. stuff, bombshells, et cetera. And yet it's never really been able just to find its groove with its core, yes. you know, product, its comic character product. And partly, you know, I think that's because, you know, they've done so much um, mucking around with the universe that it's not a cohesive thing yeah, um, yeah. anymore. And, you know, I think that is one thing that does make Marvel Legends an easier thing to produce is that, you know, while Marvel has certainly done um, its degree of uh, – yeah, changing in different costumes and characters and things. It hasn't done the kind of sweeping retconning and stuff that DC has done that makes it so hard to be cohesive. But I was just thinking about that the other, when I was reviewing the um, bombshell stuff the other day um, that, you know, it's a shame that DC collectibles seems to really be able to make a go of a lot of great stuff. But then when it tries to do its yeah. core business which you know is its comic characters yep yeah you know because you know, dc icon seems to be fading slash dead don't know what's happening you know mm, that mm. is an example um it never quite seems to get there um so look the, these are fantastic i um am a real fan of what's happening you know i've kind of pulled back a bit on the batman animated stuff now because a lot of it is repeats of characters and um you know i think we've they've kind of exhausted the majority of the character bank there, which is obviously why they're moving on. And like I said before, my hope is, and one of the reasons why I wanted to support this um, is that my hope is that this is leading to justice league unlimited in this scale, because that would just be mind blowing. Um, yeah, <laughs> Vigilante. That is, oh, that, I mean, I, I, that is really my favorite um, bit of superhero animation. Yeah, um, and, yeah. and I think it always will be like, it's just, just because of, I mean, they did a great job of developing some of the characters 
um, and just telling good stories, but then they also did an amazing job of just covering the breadth and depth of the DC universe and mm-hmm. um, and the Mattel line, you know, of the three and three quarter stuff that they really did a great job of getting out pretty much every character that ever appeared um, in the show, which was yeah. amazing. Yeah. And so I, I, I wouldn't necessarily think that, you know, they DC collectibles could get that far uh, simply because of the price point here. And, but I, I'd be in for it for absolute sure. Excellent. Yep. So nine out of 10 for these guys, I'm just taking one point off for the facial expression um, thing. I, and you know, I'd rather, uh, see some of uh, the, these. This line has got really great accessories. It's always plentiful, etc. Not being a huge accessories person, um, I'd rather see swap out heads mm. um, and and collector friendly packaging for the singles. But I think that ship is sailed now. So there you go. But um, thank you, DC Collectibles. I'm happy to have this nine out of ten dollies from me. And that's the review. And I do believe that that is the show. It is indeed. Well, thank you very much, Scotty. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. And, Mr. Scotty, that brings us to the end of a snotty episode. Time to say goodbye. Uh. <coughs> <laughs> oh, God, see? Look, I'm setting him off. Me, you made me <laughs> laugh, dude. Seriously. Oh. Uh, yeah, no, goodbye, everyone, and uh, we oh. do appreciate your comments. So if you have anything that you want to um, tell us, um, especially if it's like, you know, your PIN number or something like yeah. that, we're always here to listen. That's right. Tax-deductible donations. Oh, okay. Mm, very good. Yeah, keep the uh, AFB kitchen stock with donuts for John. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay, All goodbye, right. everybody. Bye, team. See you next time. Good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, The Pop Culture Superstore, Bam Kapow, and Davy Boy's Toys. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at ActionFigureBlues, and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash ActionFigureBlues. Thanks for listening. Contrary to popular information circulating on social media, Jaden K. Smith is not the newest member of the AFB podcast team. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 281, for the week of 12th of July, 2017. I'm Ben, and... I'm Scott. This episode is brought... (laughs) I'm so croaky. Hi, Scott.